0: Art-Centric Podcast
1: with Rafi and Clee. Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we are going to talk about, uh, what are we talking about We're today, We're
0: talking about putting your art in places and all the things that could possibly surround that, um, including social things and logistical things.
1: That's right. We are answering a question from one of our awesome rogues. Uh, Yellow Mel or Melissa Peacock, Mm -hmm. and we are going to be talking about when you put your artwork in businesses and the relationships that you have with them. Yeah,
0: so that can be scary on the approach, especially if it's your first time approaching a business and you haven't like had that relationship. And of course, every business is different. Yes, so all of your experiences are going to be your own. Uh, on your own journey, but I think probably what's going to happen is we're going to tell you a couple stories um, based on our experience. We're going to tell
1: you a few stories and a few best practices as far as getting out there. I think one of the first things that I want to preface, 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 preface I. One of the first things One that I want to start talking about this uh, about is when you're approaching a business and just your your mindset in approaching a business. Right. Because I think a lot of times um, when it comes to showing our art, we get confused as far as thinking that. If a business accepts our art, then, you know, that it's worth it's almost like you're, you're asking permission to show your art. And really, in reality, the way that you have to approach it just for your own mindset, and it's a good thing to practice is think of it as a mutual benefit to one another. Right. Especially if you go into a place and they don't have any artwork up.
0: Yeah, we tend to look at this um, scenario as if the business is holding all the cards and holding all the leverage and we're like at the mercy of their um, whims. When it's really not that case, what yeah. Rafi's saying is you're qualifying them as much as they're qualifying you.
1: Exactly. Because a lot of times we approach uh, any opportunity to be able to show our art the same way that most people approach like mainstream uh, galleries, which is you have to jump through hoops and you have to be approved. And even if get it in. feels
0: off, you're just going to go, you know, yeah. like go with it. Some of the hard lessons that we've learned is like when it feels off, you know, and you try to push forward anyway. So this is a great topic. And of course, as always, we have the Rogue uh, fam here with us chatting live. And um, they're going to be chiming in with their awesome questions and insights as we go. And uh, Rafi's flipping my phone over because it's lighting up (laughs) and distracting him. So uh, shall we get into the question?
1: Let's get into it.
0: All right. So Mel asks, maybe not a cohesive enough thought yet, but I've been struggling with hanging art in a business. The staff like it, but perhaps I feel weird that I've never really met the owner in person and I worry about overstaying my welcome. I have issues with irrational anxiety, obviously a little. Anyway, so I guess I'm curious of what your relationship is like with the places you hang your art. Do you switch the art frequently or do they not care? How much casual conversation is there with the owners slash management? How do you know when it's time to break up and move on, if ever? So those are a lot of great questions. Yeah, they're
1: really good questions. And uh, well, let's take it one piece at a time. What's the first one?
0: Okay. So it's a little awkward, uh, Mel is saying, because she's like the staff likes the art, but she's never met the owner in person and she's concerned about overstaying her welcome.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So when it comes to that kind of thing, to be honest with you, most times the owners just don't care. Um, It just in my experience, obviously, I can't speak for everyone. But when it comes down to it, they're worried about the logistics of the business. They're uh, doing their back and forth. A lot of times they're not the ones that are actually experiencing the art for the most part Mm -hmm. in the location. It is the employees, the fact that the employees love the art and love the experience of coming in and being able to experience your art. That's really going to say a lot about what the relationship is that you have with the owner. Um, and And I get it, like, if you're hanging your art in somebody's business, it's almost like you want to meet the owner. Yeah. But really if you're not dealing with the owner directly and you're dealing with the employees, the truth of the matter is that it is the employees of the business that are going to be the ones that are going to protect your art and really promote your art out there. Especially if you haven't had the chance to meet the owner. I know that some of the businesses where I showed my art, I never met the owner um of the business because they were busy doing I don't know owner things mm-hmm. in other places so it wasn't like they were there from day to day so i would say that having a good relationship with the employees is just as good
0: whoever your contact is essentially like that's that's kind of the important thing the person that you have contact with the person that's responsible for managing the art that exists in said business is the person that you want to concern yourself with the relationship. Um, Again, and,
1: Klee, Klee, uh just said that really, really well. Well, And also
0: pretty let,
1: much everything I was trying <laughs> to say.
0: I have the conciseness <laughs> on uh, dialed in sometimes. Hey Kirkman. Hey Scarlett. Hey you guys. Hey Kristen. Um, so KJ says, get a contract with owner, protect your artwork and rights. It's a good idea to have a contract. Um, there have been, or early on, there were some arrangements where we didn't have a contract and it was more like a spoken agreement, but it's, it's never a bad idea to have a contract. Yeah. I um, mean, it, that because protects both parties.
1: Because it depends. Like a lot of the businesses that I did business with, these were people that, uh, were big fans of my art and, you know, in the early days, there wasn't many contracts and the art was okay. But then I did run into one negative situation where it would have been great to have had a contract. So even if it's somebody who's a big fan of your art or not, they're, they're, If somebody is saying like, oh no, 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 I don't want to sign a contract, then right there you've got one red flag that you could deal with.
0: KJ says if the business closes, you may lose your artwork. Now, personally, that's never something I've run into and we've had artwork in In businesses businesses which have have closed. closed, And it's always just a matter of reaching out and not even asking. Just you have to be assertive at that point sometimes and say, like I'm picking my artwork up on this date. End of story. Yeah. Um so and you know, that's just um Great it's great if you have a contract. I've never run into a business owner that's tried to keep my pieces right. after a closing. Um, but you know, that's a thing that could potentially happen.
1: I mean, I had a business owner keep my pieces, but I kind of I, I did I let him have them. That was business radio X. Mm-hmm. Um, because there I hung, was a, different arrangement I hung a few pieces in there mm-hmm. but really I was kind of giving them to Keith because I knew that they weren't going to do much in there um, and he was going through a rough time in his life and I knew that the artwork was really yeah. really going to help him in his work environment so but what Lucky Creative is saying is it is a good idea um, not so much I mean if the business closes obviously you want to deal with stuff but for the most part that the reality is if you are going to hang your artwork in any business, you want to make sure that you have a good relationship with that business. Um, it's the same thing as hanging your artwork in a gallery. If you're hanging your artwork in a gallery, you want to make sure that you have a good relationship with that gallery that you qualify either, whether it's a business or a gallery that you qualify them to be a perfect fit for your artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, having a contract and I have a very simple contract made out that has the prices and lists each one of the works. And if anything happens to the work as a whole, for example, if the place burns down and my artwork is in there, then they are responsible for the art, which means that they better put down their insurance because they're going to have to pay for it anyway.
0: Well, yeah. And so a lot of places um, are not going to put your art on their insurance policy. And that's something we'll get into later, but it's a good idea. Also, the other reason the contract is a good idea is because then you're laying out your expectations straight away. Um, they're going to read it. If they don't read it, it's on them, you know, but they're going to read it. And if any of your expectations are in conflict with their expectations, then that conversation needs to happen. So everybody knows what the situation is straight away. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've had work in businesses that have insurance policies. I've had work in businesses that don't have insurance policies that cover the art. And there's varying degrees of like how much stuff is covered yeah. um, when you go in there.
1: I mean, for the um, most part, if it's a business, they should have insurance for the business but then again, you can't guarantee that, especially in the beginning when somebody's starting out. No, yeah. and
0: especially with like in in like co op gallery settings, oftentimes they don't co op galleries like it insurance is a, policies. Yeah, it's
1: a different story. Yeah. Um,
0: now, so we'll we'll go back to contracts in a minute. But the first question is um, approaching, overstaying my welcome. Mm. Now, right off the bat, honestly, as the artist, I would not worry about overstaying. My welcome at all. Essentially, that's on the business. Like, again, whoever your contact is um, to tell you, like, at the onset, we want your art for a month, we want your art for a year, we want your art indefinitely. We like it if you change out the art this often, and so on and so forth. If it's new for them and they don't really know yet, then it might be something where you have that conversation. I mean, some of the but businesses
1: like, I was in, like my, I had the same artwork hanging in there for like in, two almost years. Indefinitely. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. and I
1: would usually think to my, you know, it was like, I would set this personal goal of like, Oh, I'm going to replace my art every few months. And really you, you kind of get busy. So. Life
0: happens. Ideally, you know, like you're selling pieces out of there and it's just a matter of bringing new pieces in when pieces sell. And so by default, it's like a new, it's a refreshed inventory of artwork.
1: Now, that being said, I have had experiences where those uh, those details were not spoken about in the beginning. Um, for example, there is, I had artwork hanging at one of the places at the mall, a wine place at the mall. Mm-hmm. And um, unknown to me... He wanted me to come in and replace the artwork every few months. But it
0: wasn't discussed. But
1: it wasn't discussed. And that, honestly, I could blame him for it, but it was my bad because that's something that I should have had in the contract and really had discussed with him, but I did not. And then his approach as far as, like, telling me that it was time to – not change out my art, but to take my art out of there because nobody was buying it and nobody likes it or something like that. It was very it rude. It got very email. rude
0: very quickly.
1: <laughs> very, very quickly. Um, so I was like, okay, you want to do that? We'll do that. So I went to pick up my art. And again, one of those things where like if a business is closing or something like that, you got to be very unapologetic about your art. It's like, where's my art? This is the inventory that I have. I'm taking this. Um With, you know, just it's your art. Like they cannot do anything to Yeah, and I know,
0: I know, like, because um, it, it can be easy to feel like bad when something like that happens, right? Someone gets rude with you, they even go to the extent of saying, like, we don't want this anymore. No one likes it. Blah, blah, blah. It can yeah. be easy to feel really crappy about that. But ultimately, what that's saying to you in that moment is like, I was, I was maybe never a fit for this place, but I'm certainly not a fit for this place now. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do business with you. If this is your approach to me, and that comes with time and experience, I get it that it's, it's anxiety inducing.
1: Another example I would say is one of the places that I have my artwork in. They um, they didn't close down, but they changed hands, right? So they had a lot of turnaround in there. And my thing is like, if you're going to hang your artwork somewhere, ideally you should make it a point to do the rounds every month. Get to know them, get to know them, but also just check in on your artwork every month. Mm -hmm. Like, just go in like, all right, I'm just checking on my artwork to make sure that everything is copacetic with your artwork. Um, I was not doing that. So one of the places where I had my work in, um, I don't know, I want to say, well, this was after the pandemic. So during the pandemic, I didn't go anywhere.
0: Yeah, there was not much checking on stuff.
1: And then after the pandemic, we went there to check on the artwork. And as it turns out, three of the paintings, they had my paintings up and they had moved my paintings from the central area into their own private offices, right? So Mm -hmm. it was almost like they chose which painting they liked for their office, put it inside their office where nobody would see the work. And then the paintings that they didn't like, they stuck them in a closet. So basically what happened there when I showed up was immediately I terminated the – without a contract. I didn't even have a contract with them. Immediately I just terminated the deal and just went in and said, hey, I'm here to pick up all my work. Where's my work? And just picked it up. So one thing to remember is it's your work. You own it. Be as aggressive as you want with your work. Do not fall for any kind of rhetoric or anything like that unless it's written down. And really, the contract should be coming from you. Should be coming from
0: you. Yeah. And honestly, you guys, there's a lot of like um, pretty decent contract templates for this kind of thing available online. And I think even somewhere we probably have a version. Of we our do. We like-
1: have a version. What I'll do is uh, as we're putting uh, stuff together, I'm looking at some of my old contracts and I'll be sharing a lot of that with, uh, with the community online once we get our, our rogue site up and yeah. running.
0: So Sarah says, I've had my art in four different stores, only sold two pieces in all that time. Owner actually went out of business. She paid my commission for one. I never received payment for the second piece that sold. One day she delivered my other pieces back to me. She promised payment would be sent to me when she did her books. Nope. Tried to contact her several times. Even asked her daughter to tell her. She ghosted me. It wasn't a lot of money, but no. it was traumatic for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that, you know, Sarah, that's one of the things that when you're dealing with a business and they're they're the ones in charge of selling your art, so I was always a little uh, hesitant to put my art and I'm not saying that places like that are bad, but I was always hesitant to put my art in places where they were going to be the ones that were taking care of the transaction, right? Because a lot of times what I did was my art would be up somewhere, which meant that I wasn't paying any commission to anyone. They were not the ones taking, doing the transaction. My contact information was on the painting. So if somebody was going to purchase the painting or the art, Um, They had to contact me and I then I was the one that would run the transaction. Mm -hmm. So every single time I was making money, the only time that I've dealt with something like that where a business was going to be in charge of paying me was when it was a business that already had that in lockdown.
0: It was established. It was
1: established. Even if it's a cafe, as long as they have a gallery, a dedicated gallery section and they are able to keep inventory in their machine, then Yes. But when it was like one of those agreements where it's like, okay, well, we'll sell this thing and we'll, you know, mm-hmm. we'll take 15% or whatever, unless they had a dedicated system to selling my art. um, Yeah. I, it's I, a red flag. It's a red flag. And we've
0: backed out of situations where at the onset it sounded great. And then, you know, you get to know a little bit about it and maybe it's a little disorganized and, and you decide like your gut feeling is like, mm, maybe not. And that's, that's hard earned wisdom in some cases because uh, we have had a few experiences. <laughs> Yellow Mel said, yeah, for sure. For me, it's been about three years and not too many sales. So it does often feel like going through the motions to feel like I'm doing something in the community. And so so in in a situation like that, if you're okay and they're okay and there's no problem, then you can continue on. And, and it also doesn't mean that you can't approach other places yeah. with your work. Yeah, most, um, you're, you know, unless you sign some kind of exclusivity contract, which is really rare. I, it's I really doubt rare. It.
1: I doubt it. Like, what, what kind of, you know, and and you could answer this, Yellow Mel. Like, what kind of place is it that you have your stuff in? Is it like a local business, a coffee shop? What kind of thing is it? Yeah. Um. Because I mean, it all depends on that too. Like, if it's a coffee shop, and you know, you have your stuff hanging in there, it's easy to it's easy to forget that you have this public venue mm-hmm. that you can talk to the employees about doing something um, there, something fun where you maybe have, a, you know, not necessarily a book signing, but maybe a art signing.
0: Art I don't, demo. I don't know if that
1: makes sense. <laughs> like an art demo and like where you're displaying. So like you are working with the local businesses to kind of put yourself out there and meet people. Because the other thing to consider is that a lot of times when you have a public business like that, It is a great opportunity for you to do something maybe every few months where you do go out there and see if you could do maybe like a live painting where you just sit there, you get coffee and you do some, some art. And so thus you're reintroducing the people that are going to these places. So it doesn't
0: become background decor that they get used to and they are aware that there's an artist here that is uh, behind the work. Shroy wants to know do you charge businesses to hang your work? Uh, this this depends on the nature of the business. Yes. Um in our case, uh for the most part it's a situation where it's either um there's no money being exchanged at the onset to begin with and maybe the venue is making a commission if something sells, maybe not. Um, well, in certain cases, if a business wants to rent your artwork, i.e., they're more concerned with having artwork for their walls rather than trying to sell your artwork, um, and they want an ever rotating collection of work. And there are places like that, there were some places like hotels, for example, um, or conference rooms that want um, refreshed artwork like every few months or so, then yeah, they can rent artwork. Yeah. Um,
1: basically what you do is you write a contract with them where uh if you're going to, re- ideally you would replace the artwork quarterly. And so you would have a quarterly contract with them. You would write a contract for the entire year and then every quarter you would switch out the art and then they would be renting your art per quarter mm-hmm. per month. Um But that's the only time. I mean, because essentially what you're doing is you are renting the art to them So that they could display it. You're not actually selling the art in their location. Now, if you have an agreement with them, like a lot of the businesses that we dealt with, we, the agreement was, I'm going to put artwork on your walls and make your place look beautiful. But I'm also going to put a tag with my information on there to be able to sell the art.
0: And so most times in our experience, it's been like, we're even Stevens out the gate. Like we're not exchanging money for the artwork to be brought and displayed in here and depending on how the transaction goes when it sells, either they're gonna take a cut or their benefit is simply having artwork and you handle the transaction. And really the, the point at which they're getting any commission or anything is if they're processing the transaction yeah. and taking a cut.
1: Yeah, and really really that's one thing to keep in mind um, because I have heard of businesses that will uh, think, the owner will think to themselves that because they're allowing, quote unquote, allowing the artist to hang art on their wall, that even if the artist does a transaction, that the business deserves some money. And really, that's not the way it works. If the business is the one processing the transaction, then they have the right to take a commission on it. And really, that commission should be based on what it is. If it's wall rental, then I could understand like taking 10%. 10, even
0: as high as 20.
1: Even as high as 20, because then at that point they need to pay an employee in order to make that transaction happen.
0: Anything higher than that, then they should be looking for, actively looking, actively promoting, actively looking for collectors for your work.
1: Exactly. And then at that point, they're not just a local business. Then they're, they're they're yeah. Yeah.
0: Mel said, oh yeah, it's a veterinary office. They don't want to cut. So I donate 50% of... The um,
1: PCA. Yeah,
0: instead, the staff are lovely and I've made friends there, so it's nice. I just dread it every time for some reason. Oh,
1: Yellow Mel. Oh, that's. That,
0: you know, and that could just be the anxiety factor, yeah. right? That could be the inner stick man, the inner negative voice that's just watching for things to go sideways when there really isn't an issue. Now that's very different than if you have a bad gut feeling, right? Yeah. So let's get into the story about the bad gut feeling. Cause our very first, we have had, we've been fortunate enough to have really good relationships with most places. But for me and Rafi, like one of our very, very first places that we showed our work, we both had a bad gut feeling about
1: oh, it. Yeah. And yeah. it was,
0: it wasn't even anxiety. It was just that knowing, you know, like, you know, it's not, it's not good.
1: Like, you know that it's not good. You you, you can feel the red flags, but then you ignore it because yeah. you're just getting in and you're like, oh, but this is a good opportunity. Right. And
0: it, it wasn't a gallery. It was a consignment shop. And so the agreement was like, you know, we display the work. They sell the work. They process the transaction. They take the percentage. Um, cool. Right. But they we had the bad gut feeling and, and um, what ended up happening was a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> things that came our <laughs> a way Series such of
1: unfortunate events, a business trying, we were, we were, uh, we were lemony, sni- we we were were lemony snicketing and it. We had a, uh, yeah, the, the problem there was a conflict of personalities. Yeah. I would say that was the, the main thing. And honestly, You know, because a lot of a lot of us will ignore that because we think like, oh, great, here's an opportunity for me. But really that conflict of personalities, you want to make sure that whoever is representing your art is on the same page as you are. Right. So, Mel, it sounds like these people are are lovely. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, the employees that work there. And so you've got a great relationship with them. That's something that you want to build on um, you know, by going in there and, you know, and if, if you're feeling a little anxious about that, then that's something where you look at yourself and you're like, you got to see like, do I feel like I'm doing something wrong? You know, that kind of Am I getting a bad vibe? Now,
0: Sarah is commenting here on something that I wanted to touch on, which was something that we actually ran into with this particular experience. So Mm -hmm. Sarah said, um, I, I put one of my pieces in a show a few years back and a gallery person in another town liked it well enough for show. Yet when I went to retrieve the piece, he commented that the dog portrait was too realistic. And that I needed to paint more loosely. I won't agree to display other pieces since then. So Hmm. one of the things is like, unless you have an agreement straight out the gate with a place, i.e. we don't accept figurative nude work or we don't blah, 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 blah. a venue should not be dictating what kind of work yep. you're producing unless that is agreed upon from the onset. Yep. So one of the things we ran into was like, it wasn't discussed up front. Rafi has some figurative work and all of a sudden, even though it was okay, initially bringing it in, then it wasn't okay.
1: Yeah, and by it wasn't okay, um, apparently she had a problem with nipples in artwork.
0: As we've discussed Yeah, on previous yeah. videos and live there streams. There problems
1: with nipples and artwork, which then at that point, um, I, I thought to myself, okay, well, you know, if you're doing nude figurative work, right, Whether it's male or female, it would be kind of weird.
0: If they didn't have nipples. Yeah. That would almost be more shocking, right? It
1: would be. It would be more shocking. Well, the problem was that she um, – what was interesting about it, though, and I'm going to change pace here. What was interesting is that she had sculptures in there, like old antique sculptures Mm -hmm. that were uh, nudes, there were nudes, so and most definitely had nipples, you know, yeah, because they were nude sculptures from the old times, and they didn't do things like not put that on there. And so when I went in, and she said, "You're going to need to take the this one, this one, and this one down, because of this reason." Um, I basically ended up taking all my work down.
0: Yeah. And here was a takeaway lesson that actually didn't dawn on me until later. Um, Rafi took the work down and right there, right, there's a red flag. This is something we didn't discuss. Now it's a problem. The work gets taken down. Sarah says maybe she was a bottle fed baby. <laughs> um, um, right there, a decision needs to be made, right? We're both, we both have a bad gut feeling. We continue the relationship.
1: Yeah, we continue, Boundaries were
0: not set. And so what ends up happening <laughs> is that more boundaries were crossed. So next yep. thing you know, she simply doesn't like the style of jewelry I'm producing. And she's basically belittling the style of jewelry that I'm making and saying you need to look at this example and this example and this example because this is the type of stuff I want to sell.
1: Yeah, this Me is the thinking, type of stuff I want to sell. This is the type of stuff I sell. Your jewelry doesn't sell. Now
0: I'm thinking two things. <clears throat> um I'm a noob, so I'm thinking I suck, this sucks, everything sucks. <laughs> um because I have no confidence. But I'm also Which is thinking, hilarious
1: because you had been selling your jewelry
0: Yes. I'd been doing art for R-
1: for a year for over a year and
0: i also thought to myself why did you invite me to be here um if you all of a sudden don't like the work if all of a sudden there's conflict and um i got my vindication because my work that was at her shop was that same day featured in um, a magazine article for spring jewelry pieces that um were cool but aside from that The bottom line was that...
1: Wait, 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 wait. We need to go back to that because... Okay. So she didn't tell us that they were going to come in and do a... Local magazine. local magazine was doing an article on her shop. And she kept showing them. We heard from someone else. She kept showing them all the other jewelry,
0: except for mine,
1: except for Cleese. And what they ended up featuring in the magazine was, was my jewelry, Clee's jewelry, <laughs> because
0: that's what they liked. It's what yeah. caught their eye. Um, and so nothing was ever said after the magazine feature. It and, was just swept under the rug. But
1: and this is why you want to make sure that if you are working with a business that the owner is representing you. And that means that they're your peeps.
0: Yeah. And so that's the major takeaway was that we kind of knew early in that we didn't jive with this person. Um, And I think that that's crucial because you can have varying different arrangements with a venue um, that work a lot of different ways, but you have to. And so the question of, do you have casual conversation with the people that are, That you have this relationship with, ideally, yes. Yes. I want to kind of know these people before I even agree to put my artwork in. But if that's not the case, as I get, I want to get to know them. And as I get to know them, if it's not jiving, then I want to pull out and go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, Because I've had relationships with gallery owners where there's times where they're selling my work and and there's times where nothing's selling. And to me, it doesn't really matter because there's a solid relationship there. Yeah. So it's for more than just the the making the money.
1: We're talking about Marty Campbell. Yeah. Marty Campbell. He's been
0: so good to we us. We
1: adore him. He adores us. He's been so good. He talks up my art. He talks up the jewelry. Um, It's just, it is a relationship that is beyond just the business relationship mm-hmm. we we adore each other so and I, and I'm not saying that every single business that you're doing business with that you're showing your art that that's going to be the case but you do want to have a relationship whether it be with the owner or with the staff that's there you want to have a relationship that that makes you feel good when you go in there. Now, if you're dealing with insecurities like Yellow Mel is, then mm-hmm. you know you just got to push past those.
0: Yeah, and so Sarah or, says that's <clears throat> the same with the gallery guy. I didn't like his paintings or his snob attitude, but I went away feeling inadequate. Yeah, and you shouldn't walk away feeling inadequate. the 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 takeaway is we don't jive, and I think a really important thing is. Um, a lot of times we're sitting there wondering. And so like Mel's next question is like, do you switch the art frequently or do they not care? And I think instead of wondering, it's maybe, maybe a good idea to just put it on the table and just ask, you know, are you guys comfortable with the, these pieces being here or would you like me to come in and change some things out? Um, that so basically, way, basically, eliminate the wondering.
1: It, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because like, um, Certain places I've been in, they really like a rotation. They want different things in there every month. Some people can't accommodate that. Some people can. Um, with other places, it's like they're pretty lax about it. I think about Dolce and Gelato, right? You had a show at Dolce in Pensacola. It was supposed to be a month long show, it ended up being like a six month show. Yep. Um, and it was and, all the same artwork. And it was I the same artwork. Anything out. Yeah. And they were like, whatever, we love looking at it. You know, yep. it doesn't matter to us at all. And then there's some places that really are objective is to have a rotating thing with um, Global Grill in mm-hmm. Pensacola. She was super cool. We loved her, but she really liked an art rotation. And so it was kind of up to her and she knew that to call us when she wanted the art switched out. Yeah. And she w- did.
1: Because that that was the thing. It wasn't, you know, like Yellow it's not your responsibility to have the art. Rot- You're not the one running the business and or the not- aesthetics of the business. You're supplying them with a service of putting your artwork in there if they want something to rotate, you know, and that was the thing with the the wine place had Roger called me and just I just called front. Roger out, had Roger called me and Roger. said, Hey, um, listen, it'd be great if you came in and, you know, switched out your art. Um, I would have most definitely went and switched out the art. Now here's the thing. Shit was weird because there had just been a pandemic, right? And so like nobody was showing up anywhere for about a year. So the artwork, nothing happened with the artwork for about a year. There was no kind of agreement, no kind of nothing. And then to get a phone call out of the blue of like, you need to come and switch out your art because I found another artist that's going to whatever. It's like it's almost like you got to understand as well that you're dealing with humans and sometimes you're going to deal with some passive aggressive shit. And that's why it's important to set those boundaries and set those agreements ahead of time. That's why I think – You know, kind of like uh, the, the whole contract thing is a good idea, but also talking about all these things to set it out there in plain air to
0: let the lines of communication. Now, clearly, um, Roger was boiling behind the scenes. We had no idea what was going on, right. and it wasn't until he lost it. That Roger,
1: Roger was a nervous man. There's a reason why he owned a wine shop.
0: Sure, and we had done. And the thing is, it we really, even if you don't set those boundaries from the onset, because you don't expect anything to happen or whatever, and something like this happens, right as it did. Um, and we had done a lot with and for Roger. Rafi had done p- live painting demos, fundraisers, and various different things for this shop. Um, and the relationship was really good up until this point. Um, the, that don't but walk but away feeling like you did something you wrong. Did,
1: and that's the thing it's understanding that people go through things. I, I know very well that Roger was going through something financial and emotional in his life. And it just so happened that I was the, you know, and, and I. I was the target of his being upset. Now here's the thing because the full story is this. I showed up to pick up the art. me you know, and he left me. The, I was like, okay, fine, I'm gonna pick up the art like I don't care. I don't want I don't want my stuff in there anymore. So I go to pick up the art and I show up and Roger looks kind of nervous, visibly distraught visibly distraught. And I pick up the pieces and I go to grab one of the artworks. And he says, not that one. I would like to buy that one. Mm -hmm. You know? So it was very clear to me that Roger was having a bad day. He was having
0: a moment. Mm -hmm. So
1: as much as that whole story is a good example of the fact that people are humans and really when you're dealing with a business you're dealing with a multitude of humans that's why it's so important that your relationship with them that that's what matters ultimately right you are not trying to get into this business you are not trying to get your stuff up on the wall you're just approaching somebody seeing and you're you're quantifying qualifying them as well making sure that you're a good fit for them that they're a good fit for you And that maybe there's going to be a a mutual agreement that could be made there. And really that's what it comes down to. But for me, I'm like, I think that this is such a powerful move by artists because then you are taking the stuff that you create, you're putting yourself out there and not only putting yourself out there, but allowing yourself to approach people that are quote unquote business owners, Mm -hmm. right? You are putting yourself in a different league. You're starting to make agreements with business owners. And that's the mindset that you have to have. You are indeed a business owner. You are approaching another business owner and you are seeing if you could come up with an agreement to put your stuff in there. And that's laying everything out. You're not just some little artist that wants to hang your stuff in somebody's business. You are a business owner who is coming up with an agreement with another business owner. So you wanna make sure that you like the business, you like them. And that
0: you guys are on the same page. Allie said, seems like some business owners feel like they can do what they want with your stuff because it's in their place. A relationship is necessary to avoid a pissing contest. Yes. Exactly. Understanding you're on level playing field. You want to jive with each other. And it's just like dealing. It's any like any other situation where you're dealing with humans, right? Just like the Roger story. Roger had a moment. Doesn't mean that Roger's a bad person. Now, no. Roger
1: did not touch my artwork. My artwork was still on the wall mm-hmm. when I got there. Roger did not touch my artwork, but that's because of the agreement that we had. I was very clear that no one was to touch my artwork. Mm-hmm. That if you wanted something moved, to that, call us. To call us. Yeah. And so, and I'm not like that with all businesses. I was like that with him because I don't know that's the
0: feeling. It was a right? place
1: in a mall. Like you know, it's it's weird. Yeah. It was cool. It was one of the original places. So I was like, oh great, I get to have my pieces in a mall, which means that all of these people will see my artwork. Because I didn't understand that like that really ultimately doesn't matter. What matters is that your stuff is out there and that you have a good relationship with people, not the location that you're showing up. And that's why
0: that's why there can be so many varying degrees of and different situations because this what we're talking about is human dynamics, right? It's the same thing as having like going to a restaurant and interacting with someone who's having an off day or like any time that you could run into a human in public where they might be having an off day or an on day. Oh, you
1: mean like somebody that works there? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like just randomly walking into a restaurant. And just
0: like confronting a human. Just going up
1: to somebody and be like, I'm having an off day. But
0: it's funny because at places of employment, right, which most of us know what it's like to work for a place. And be an employee. It's almost like you're trained there that you are somehow less than, yes. even though you're the human that's keeping the shit going. Yeah. Right. But it's like we're trained to feel less than. So even as an entrepreneur running our own business, it's like you look at these establishments and it's almost like the default is to think like I'm less than and I need to play by their rules and I need to whatever. And if something happens, it's my fault. And it's really key to understand that. It is a level playing field. And even in places of employment, it's a level playing field. Yes, yeah. Because they can't, you know, if they want this thing from you, you're providing this thing for them. There needs to be mutual respect and there needs to be communication across the board with human I mean, dynamic. I
1: want you to, I want you to do a, just a quick mental experience uh, or experiment, right? So like when you think of the boss of a business, is there a hierarchy there? When you think of the employee of the business, is there a, the cashier, the person, the, the custodian that's taking the garbage out, you know, if in your mind you have a hierarchy in any way, shape or form, then when it comes to approaching these businesses, you want to pay very close attention to what you think your hierarchy is in that business, right? Because it's easy for us to approach a place as a customer and be like, okay, well, I'm paying for this, so I deserve this kind of service. But when you're going there and you feel like you are essentially begging them to put your artwork on the wall, then at that point, you have almost like push yourself down to like peasant level, right? And it's all a mental game. It's the way that you're seeing yourself when in actuality, you are the boss. You are the boss of your business mm-hmm. and you are approaching a business and talking to that business about putting about having a mutual benefit for both businesses. So when it comes to even that kind of thing, where it's like a business owner, uh, you know, feels that they get to do what they want with your art, that all comes down to how you establish yourself when you meet them. Like it really does. And that was something that later on in my career, um, whenever I would approach a business, that that's why I was so picky. Um, and that was the reason that I made it very clear. Like, this is my artwork. You don't F with my artwork. (laughs) You know, you just don't, uh, especially after Seco and the stuff being in the closet. I was like, no, 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 no. You do not touch my artwork. And so, and that's where, um, a lot of the contracts started to come up, you know, and the contracts were very clear. This is how much the work is. If something happens to the work, this is how much you owe me. Here's the individual pieces of work. You are now in charge of the care of the work if you don't meet these blah, 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 blah. And for the most part, when we would sign the paperwork, I would explain it to them, what was going on. Because, you know, it's all legal uh, mumble jumble. jumble. Yeah, so it sounds all like, you know, you're going to suffer this. So it was like, this is what's going to happen if somebody comes in and puts a knife through the art and it's not... You know, and you, and it's not your fault.
0: And, right. Because that yeah. was the
1: thing, too. You can't you can't condemn the business if some wacko comes off the street and puts a knife through your artwork. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not their responsibility to stop some guy with a knife from stabbing your artwork because the same shit would happen if you had your artwork up at your booth.
0: Sarah said, I've approached a few stores lately and got the response. We don't display art. There's probably a few reasons why places don't display art, either A- um, they're worried about liability. I mm-hmm. think that's probably the largest reason that a place would choose not to display art. Is they're worried about liability. B. They don't have anyone to manage it. It's not something that they are prepared to get into. Or C. They just don't feel like it fits their aesthetic. Yeah. Um. You know. And there's a handful of them. Most businesses are pretty open. Some don't. A lot of chain places absolutely don't. Because it has to go up the corporate chain. Yeah, you're and better it's just off. Too much of a hassle. You're
1: better off going to mom and pop places. And even if they say no, one thing to do because a lot of times you you might need to educate them on the possibilities of what you're able to do and let them know, like you're not going to be responsible for selling the art or even rotating the art. I'll take care of that of, a,
0: of it all. Yeah, you know,
1: it's just let's put some artwork on your walls and I will put my little card on there um you could do the the thing you know and it's up to you like are they responsible for the artwork you know i to be honest with you i've done business with so many businesses and i am very understanding of the situation in businesses for the most part because i had a good relationship with them they were very very good of taking care of the artwork and if anything happened to happen to the artwork I, you know, I did not hold them accountable.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about that actually yeah. for a moment because um, there's been discussion lately about insurance and liability when it comes to hanging your artwork in a place. Yeah. In fact, we've just had a conversation with someone here in Oil City about the liability aspect and the insurance aspect and um, artists getting upset because A venue doesn't have an insurance policy that covers their artwork specifically. Now, liability and insurance coverage are two different things. Basically, liability is if something happens to this through negligence on your part, I'm owed compensation, right? Insurance is if something happens to this, your insurance covers it. The insurance company pays it out right. everybody's happy right and i've seen artists get bent out of shape because venues don't have an insurance policy that covers the artwork but you got to think about this right you're a restaurant or you're a consignment shop you're a clothing store uh, or you're a co-op gallery right with a constant art rotation in order for art to be covered under an insurance policy you that's actually a specific. need specific you need an itemized list of the art that's being covered So most places, like that's a full-time job for someone to keep track of what pieces of art are currently in the space, write up that paperwork, submit it. And if it's changing weekly or monthly, that's a lot to ask. Most galleries even, except for maybe a handful of like high-end galleries, are not going to have insurance that covers your artwork And understanding that going in is important. Finding out what the case is, is important. And having to ask the question, okay, I understand my artwork is not insured. So what other things are in place here to help protect the work? And oftentimes, you know, it's, we've got security cameras, um, you know, we're keeping an eye on it. It's, it's in a, a a location that it's not likely, especially at restaurants. Okay,
1: it's in a high visible location, and it's in a
0: yeah. yeah, it's not in a splash zone at a restaurant. Yes, and on and on and on. So go in expecting, you know, most places aren't going to have an insurance policy that covers. So go in ready to talk about liability and what's going to happen if this happens.
1: Yeah, um, how, how is my artwork going to be protected? What if somebody and understand, you know, because I I think. It's very easy to approach a business and then for a lot of and I've heard a lot of artists say that, well, I'm not gonna show my art at a business because then it's not it's not insured Mm -hmm. or like they can't they can't protect it. It's like you can't protect it. If you're showing your art at a booth, I I can't even tell you how many times I have had some kid with greasy Cheeto hands put their hands on my paintings or had a painting fly off my wall because of the wind speed and smash into a tree. Accidents like, and, happen. Yeah. And what am I going to do? Hold myself accountable for right. it? Like you got to understand accidents happen. Now, like Cleese said, if it's through negligence,
0: that's a that's different, a different story. story.
1: And that's why you want to have your paperwork ready for that.
0: Also, you guys, and this is not something you have to think about right away. But you can get your own insurance policy for your work. It's yes, you something can. worth looking into, especially if you're doing a lot of shows, if you ever work in a lot of venues, if you're shipping work. It's not a bad idea at that point to look into an insurance policy. Um, we don't have a uh, personal specific art insurance for what we do, but it, it is something that I'm looking into. because Knowing at shows, wherever you go with your work, chances are if anyone's going to have insurance for your work, it's going to be you.
1: Yeah. And at this point, like also, like the more shows, like let's say you decide that you're going to do pop up galleries or you're Mm -hmm. doing festivals or you're doing art markets and stuff like that. Then at that point, it's much easier for you to insure your inventory because you know what it is, because you know what it is. And you know, but that's that's something to think about at some point. If if you're really, really worried about insurance, then that is an option to be able to think about. But when it comes to the business. Really, you guys, it just comes down to the relationship that you have with the business, mm-hmm. like with the with the people that work there, right? I hate, I hate saying the relationship that you have with the business because- well, like
0: whoever your contact is. Yeah, whoever yeah.
1: your contact is and the people that work there. Like, do you go there? Do you hang out? Is there a reason why you is go there? Is it in a place there? you like? Yeah. yeah. Do you like meeting with the people? So-
0: Allie said, we do have art businesses, therefore we shouldn't feel inferior when business owners try to take advantage or criticize. It's just business.
1: That's right.
0: Allie also said, we need to approach our business as a business and screw them if they're horrible at running their business. (laughs) Indeed, Allie. Um, And so Mel's final piece of the question is, how do you know when it's time to break up and move on, if ever? If everything is hunky-dory and there's good lines of communication open, you can have that relationship indefinitely. If the venue decides they need to change something, they need to reach out. That's on them to communicate. If you feel like you've outgrown the place, or maybe you can't keep up with checking on the work, or you don't want to keep up with having it there, then that's your position to communicate that you're ready to pick up your work and move on, or if a red flag pops up and you're just like, I'm not jiving with this.
1: What kind of red flag?
0: Like, you know, like a, like a dramatic text message that you didn't expect. Right. About. A
1: dramatic text message.
0: <laughs> <laughs> about your work.
1: Have you gotten a dramatic text message or, from the business? Um,
0: In my case, in the, in the example that we gave where there were plenty of red flags, one of my bracelets went missing. From that place, I was never compensated for it. She definitely didn't want to take responsibility for it.
1: Oh, the business that didn't like the nipples. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: Um. I didn't have any proof of what had happened. They didn't have any security. She didn't want to assume any liability for it. Um. And at that point, I was like, I'm pulling out. Yep. I just lost a a bracelet. You know, yep. I don't feel safe here with my stuff. So stuff like that, obviously. Um. <laughs> Mel said. Thank you. Big, Big preach. preach. Big preach. Um, yeah. yeah. And ultimately, you know, you're going to feel it. You're going to know. It's going to be a feeling. You're just going to know. Like, either this is good and I feel good about it, or this doesn't feel good. I don't I mean, feel when it, good.
1: when it comes to the business, you either hooked on a feeling or not hooked on a feeling. <laughs> See what I did there? High
0: on believing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's basically my rule of thumb when it comes to doing business with a business.
0: Also, <laughs> if <laughs> that was well said. Thank you. Friend. Thank you. If someone's not acting right, but it's um uh, and it's your first encounter with their not acting right, um sometimes <laughs> <laughs> what uh, <laughs> Ali said, beware of business with no NIPs policy. Red flag. Yep. Red flag. Um. When I, when I did the market, I did the market for nine years in Pensacola, the market changed management like four times in the time I was there. Some of the market managers now I'm in a self-managed spot, right? So for the most part, I'm autonomous. I pay my dues. I show up, whatever. Um, But there still could be like social uh, conflict. So the, the market changes management four times. For the most part, I get along like peas and carrots with the market managers um, and sometimes somebody is having a day or they say something and all the feelings go from warm and fuzzy to not at all cool. And sometimes, and this is a skill, it's hard as a recovering people pleaser or someone who doesn't like conflict to like get it out on the table, but to say like, I don't like how I'm being treated. A, are you okay? Or are you having a moment? Yeah. B, if you are okay, and this is just how you want to approach me, like, what, you know, then things need to be evaluated, but it's not having to be aggressive, but being assertive and being willing to say, I'm not okay with this. I'm not comfortable with this. Um,
1: And that's, that's the, that's the thing to remember you guys, like whether it is you're approaching a business or you are doing a festival or you're doing a farmer's market or you're doing a small art walk or something like that, like you are a business so, make sure that you present yourself that way. You're not some desperate artist that is desperate to show your stuff. You are a business. So, if anybody at any of these venues is talking down to you or treating you a certain way, there are a lot of shows that we did that, you know, we did the show. And then after the show, I went up to the person that was putting the show together and told them, never again.
0: And this is not okay. And this is not okay. It's not okay to treat artists this way. It's not okay to treat anyone that way. It's not
1: okay to treat these. Every single one of the artists at this venue are business owners and you are disrespecting their business and disrespecting their time by, you know, putting us through this bullshit or whatever it was. Or
0: as Sarah puts it, what the F is your problem? She says, well, (laughs) that's another way to
1: approach it. I mean, that's, that's a good one too. But remember you guys, like in it took me, I want to say that it it was something, it was a lesson that I learned, especially towards year three, where I started to realize, wait a second, I don't have to beg people to show my work. No. Like it is my right as a business owner, I pay taxes, you know, I do all this stuff, I am running a business, I, I do not get to be treated as less than. And I think a lot of that, the way that we approach businesses or the way that we approach any kind of venue and stuff with our art can sometimes be timid because we're very used to thinking the idea that society doesn't believe that art matters or that what we do, you know, doesn't matter. And it's important to rewrite that narrative so that you could be more assertive when, when going into things, you know, you don't want to be, a, a you don't want to be a jerkwad. You don't want to go somewhere and be all entitled and, and whatever. That's no, not, that's, that's definitely not what I'm talking about. You go in, you you are respectful, but you also expect respect in return.
0: And it very much depends on what relationship is established beforehand, right? Somewhere in the back of my mind, we have such a beautiful relationship with Marty and his gallery. But somewhere you still have to emotionally prepare for like, what if all of a sudden I get a message that's like, you need to get your artwork out of here, yeah, right? Yeah, you
1: need to get your artwork out of here. Because Based on... One of your rings looks like it has a nipple. Because
0: we worry about that stuff because we're emotional creatures. One of your rings looks like a nipple. I'm going to make, I'm going to make, Marty would be fine with that. But (laughs) nipple rings for everyone, you get a nipple ring. You, so. A nipple
1: ring is a completely different thing, by the way. Whatever. It's not a it's not a ring you put on your finger. I'm
0: picturing a (laughs) ring that you wear on your finger with nipples. (laughs) At least like a nipple ring. Mm -hmm. I wonder if anyone's done that. Now I'm gonna have to Google it. Based on my relationship with Marty over the course of many years, if that happened, my first question would be, dude, are you okay? Yeah. Like, do you need to talk about something? Because I love you, you know. Yeah. But but if it was a rando person that I didn't have a relationship established with, I would be like, that's not okay. You right. know, like I'm going to come get my stuff, but you're, you, you should right. Check and And
1: either way, you know, because like, that's the thing it's like understanding because if you're going in, into any situation, if you go into a situation and you feel empowered and you feel like you're standing on your two feet and you feel like, yes, this is my business. And it's not coming from a place of that, you know, not having confidence mm-hmm. in the fact of who you are. Then something like that would, you know, like I would be, I would have been totally offended by Roger. Oh my God. What does this mean? Da, 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 da. Right. But really at the end of the day, I was like, all right, dude, that's how you're going to treat it. Well, this is what's going to happen moving forward. And I don't care. You know, sure. it does, it's not saying anything. And it's, it's really just getting rid of that attachment that rejection or saying no carries or with it that that carries with it because it doesn't mean that your artwork's no good or anything like that it just means that you're not a good fit for the business that's it and so when you're you're treating it in that way where you understand there's there's a big difference between the emotional aspects of the art that i put out there and what it means to me and what it means to other people and having a deal with a business where you're going to hang that set art in that place right it's almost like you want to approach it most importantly from a place of feeling very very confident within your ability to be the badass that you are you know and and understand that like you're not begging anybody to be able to show your art you are simply showing your art and giving somebody the opportunity be a part of that
0: i think the most important lesson that i've learned in any human interaction is instead of wondering in your brain jar what the heck is going on especially if there's a red flag just find a way to say it or ask the question yeah even if it feels icky to just be like okay what's our situation are we good are we not good or what did you mean by that because that came across weird and i'm getting red flags and, and that's across the board. That's like art career. That's family, that's friends, relationships, peopling. Right. Um, cause I spent such a long time just wondering and making assumptions and worrying and feeling pent up anxiety, like, like, a like the king of anxiety about it. And it's that's just
1: not, that's not a good thing to be. A king, no,
0: man. it's not a good king title. I mean, I wouldn't um, want to
1: be the king of anxiety. And
0: really as much as it can be super uncomfortable to just be like, where do we stand? Um, it's ultimately better. Yeah, like, it's ultimately way better. It really
1: is, and I mean, I think that that's why Lucky Creative started with the comment of like have a contract Yeah. because it really does it sets up your. It really does lay it out for you. So that that is most definitely something to do. Peopling.
0: My new, My favorite, new favorite word. word.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so Yellow Mel said, good. Just wanted to hear yours. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for chiming in with your brilliance because mm-hmm. you guys are absolutely brilliant. And the reason that our podcasts are always-
0: Is so cool. So cool.
1: Yeah. And other than that, I would say that it is time for us to go eat some hamburgers and enjoy. Sorry, you guys. I am distracted by a fly. A fly just no, got in No, don't hit the mic. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry to everyone out there.
0: And for those of you listening to the not live recorded version, which this part might get edited out.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Thank
0: you so much for listening.
1: (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, I am very excited about our podcast because we've been really, really getting a consistent uptick on um, listens with our podcast, which means that, you know, it's, it's getting out there in front of more artists and that, that really I I love the fact that these conversations get to get out there. So thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for sharing these podcasts because I know that a lot of you guys share them. And yeah, so other than that, approach the businesses with confidence. Confidence. And remember, you are indeed a creative business owner and don't ever let anybody Tell you otherwise. And I don't, don't that be was afraid. A bad ending. Don't that be afraid
0: a, to use your words.
1: <laughs> don't be afraid to use your words. Thank you. I'm <laughs> sorry, you guys. The fly is distracting me. So I am going to sign out now. <laughs> and I adore you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And good day. Adios.